This is the MIBTOnline.com podcast featuring recordings from our weekly and monthly live streaming meetings. To see the videos discussed in the podcast and be part of the discussion, please consider joining our association at MIBTOnline.com. Now, here's the show. Tim Kiefer, MIBTOnline.com. This is our off-season meeting for the month of March. Uh, we've had some, and there's Stan. Um, we've had some, some times right now where, unfortunately, we're going we're to try to enlighten people as we move forward. We're not going to not going to talk about any of uh, what's going on, even though obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody out there who's struggling with this, not only with, with the virus itself, but also, you know, maybe have, has been impacted through job or, or whatnot. So, you know, our hearts and minds go out to everybody for that purpose. This is going to be completely free for this month and next month. We're going to let people from all over the world come in and, and talk some football, get everybody's mind off of this. and Let's have some fun. I know it's a long time before the first kickoffs for the for the uh, the fall season. Whether it be you know whatever you work, whether it be college, international ball, high school, we tend to focus on high school football here. The college guys got a lot of stuff. We we keep our rules focused to the <clears throat> high school game, but we do like to talk football and we want to make ourselves better officials. So uh, shout out to uh, Japan, Brazil. Uh, we've got uh, the Europe uh, nations as well and of course the United States of America. So all around the world, this is a great medium to do this. We're gonna talk uh, some football right now. So let's get to our meeting. Um, we'll, we'll, run through the, uh, we'll run through the agenda here real quick. So, uh, our, so once again, this is our third off-season meeting. We had one in January, we had one in February, so this is our March one. So here's some announcements. Well, we're gonna do the announcements and then we're gonna do the play of the month. Then we're gonna do uh, down and fumble videos uh, ineligible downfield mechanics video, uh, swinging gate discussion, and then we're going to do our play of the month for March at the end. So here's some announcements about the association. So membership. If you are a member, thank you very much. This is a free preview for everybody to watch. In order to be a, a member throughout the season, we have a basic membership, which is uh, we have a premium membership, and we have uh, uh, we have a, where you can watch the archives as well. It's great. You know, the basic membership gives you that access. The premium membership gives you insurance. You can have uh, a, up to $10,000 medical insurance as well as a million dollars liability. And there's also some accidental de death insurance if God forbid something were to happen. So there's a lot of insurance that, 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 that premium gives you. You have access to the archives. This is a new thing that we're gonna do. We're gonna offer a podcast version of this. Now the podcast version is gonna be completely free. You're not gonna be able to see the videos, but the podcast version you can take with you in the car, listen to on the way you work, you know, while you're working out, whatever it might be. So the podcast version is going to be there as well. We have a Facebook, we have a Facebook page. So the Facebook page is at uh, MIBTOnline.com. So you can check out everything that's going on there. That's brand new. Uh, don't forget about our Twitter account, at Officially Speak. You can check us out there. YouTube, we, we're, we're streaming hopefully on YouTube right now. We're trying to stream on Facebook Live, but I don't know if it's, if it's streaming or not. Um, and that's officially speaking is actually the, the name of the YouTube channel. And then we also have MIBTOnline.com gear. In fact, we're going to show you some of this gear right now. If you're interested, these shirts are, are 10 bucks, 10 bucks. You get to wear an MIBT shirt as you go out and, uh, enjoy your, your football experience, training experience or undershirt. It's a little dark. You can wear it. Where is an undershirt? So we got the gear as well. You can email me, Tim at MIBTmedia.com if you're interested in that. Uh, for more, we got more, some more announcements. Uh, we also have 
This is a biggie. We're announcing tonight that available right now is Bill Amanier's High School Football Officiating Best Practices. That's available, <coughs> and the DVD is $10. That is greatly reduced uh, from years past. It's $10 plus tax. Um, you know, DVDs have become somewhat obsolete, so uh, we're, we're trying to stay with the times. But, hey, 10 bucks will get you the DVD. Flash drives, we started doing flash drives a couple years ago. Those are available. Those are $19.99 plus shipping and tax. Uh, streaming versions available as well, so you don't you don't need any of this. You can stream it online, and you can rent it for seven uh, days for $7.99, or you can purchase it forever for $12.99. And these are all available at refereedvd.com, or if you're on our website, just click on the Bill Lamagne tab. This is a great thing if you're a member. If you're a member of MIBTOnline.com, you get the streaming version as part of your membership, so you don't need to buy the streaming version. And if you you get uh, reduced prices on if you want a hard copy of a DVD or flash drive we give you a, a, a discount for being a member. So I wanna thank that people who are members because that's one of those great benefits that you have. So uh, our next meeting, our next meeting is going to be April 15th. And uh, after, you know, that, that, that's supposed to be tax day. And uh, so that's a, that's a nice thing. We should be on ME1 um, because we're gonna to go to the, the play here in a second. but. Uh, our next meeting is April 15th, and you know they used to have, they had it as tax day. Now they moved it back to July, so that's that's a good thing. So let's let's bring in let's bring in the panel right now, and uh, we we have we bring these this panel from across the country. And we're, we're we're happy to have them. We get different points of view from different people from across the country, and these people have joined us for our last actually two years of, in existence. So we're going to bring in uh, Stan. Brown from Alabama. Stan, Stan, how are you doing tonight? And thanks for being here. Uh, we're good, Tim. Uh, nice weather today, uh, 80 degrees, um, <laughs> low humidity. Got the uh, pickleball net set out in the driveway, did a little dinking, and uh, uh, I've cleaned the garage three times and straightened my closet twice. All right, Stan, sounds, sounds good. Ready to talk football. We got Robert Yabar in studio with us tonight. I am maintaining six feet distance from Robert. Robert, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Tim. Like I've always said, I want to learn more about football in the month of March rather than on the field in the fourth quarter. So thank you for inviting me. No problem. Mike Billica from Connecticut's with us. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, I'm a school teacher, so we are currently di distance learning, um, streaming online, and uh, doing a lot of the same things that you're doing in this meeting every day. And uh, otherwise, uh, keeping busy. So we were we were ahead of we were ahead of the curve. We were we've been doing this for two two years. We are we maybe we knew something was up, and uh, so then we're gonna bring in our final guest, and we, we just talked about him and, and his video, and him him and I have been doing it the last couple of years, but uh, we're we're glad to have him as usual. Bill Lamagne, ESPN rules football analyst expert. Bill, are you an expert? No, I'm continuing to learn every day of the week, and there's still things in the rule book that surprise me when I read them or finally read them. So now you've got to be a student of the game all your life. Exactly. I agree with you, Bill, and that's why we're doing this right now when we're still months away from the first kickoff. So we're going to go to our, our play of the week, or it was our play of the month last month, and I want to I want to bring that play up to kind of remind everybody what it was. It was on our YouTube uh, channel, and we had did the poll on Twitter. So Let's go to that play now, and uh, no, we don't want to do that. We want to, uh, all right, there it is. All right, let's go to that play, 
and let's hit let's hit play on it. So you remember this was do we have a, a fumble down whatnot inadvertent whistle? So you're going to see this a couple times. Remind everybody what what we were looking at. So is he down? Is the ball out? What are we going to rule here? All right. So let's go let's go back to the uh, the PowerPoint, and we're going to walk through that. We'll show the PowerPoint. Um, so, <laughs> so we'll, we'll go, uh, let's, let's walk through it right now. All right, so here's, here's, here's what it is. The, uh, we had 29 votes. Catch, fumble was 28%. Runner down was 72%. And inadvertent whistle was 0% on, on this voting. So we appreciate everybody who, who did vote on this. And so Robert, you, you had a chance to look at this play. What did you have? Which way did you go with it? I'm with the majority, with the 72%, with the runner down. But, you know, officiating high school football, we are our own replay crew. We're not like the collegiate level. We're not like the NFL level where, you know, they would have a, a catch. We do have uh, what appears to be uh, germane movement by the receiver with possession of the ball advancing it. Uh, so we, we, we clearly have a catch and we have advancement. Now we do have a tackle where there's certainly uh, uh, an issue whether or not the ball was stripped prior to him being down or was the runner down. In high school, we don't have the luxury of going to a replay, so we have to make a decision. Uh, as a back judge, I do know that uh, it was second and 10 at the start of the play, and I do know that the ball was advanced the line to gain, so I'm killing the clock. You know why? Because no matter what happens, the clock is dead out of this. And then I have an opportunity to work with my crewmates to get this call right. And how we're going to get it right is by which official on the field has the best view. As a back judge, I can't see the ball coming out. All I know is that I have possession down. Umpire, do you have a good view on it? You had the inside out. I had the outside in. Maybe the umpire can help me out, and I'm going to get his in input as well as the wing official. And it could be the far wing official, the one that you don't even see in the film. But the bottom line is a crew we're on, or our own replay. Uh, team to get this right and that's what we have to rule on to make the uh, end decision and I have catch and I have runner down and we're gonna have first and uh, first and ten for the offense so the nice thing about a play like this and on this game they actually did have seven officials now not all states have the luxury of that some of us still use five and what Robert was alluding to the back judge looking across the umpire looking uh, from the outside or the inside outlook now the thing to remember though on plays like this is that in order to, for any official on the field to rule this down, they have to see leather, they have to see the ball. We don't want to guess on a play like this. And we got a, a lot of other uh, fumbles are not down or, or fumble down plays because we want to really labor this point. Read, we do not have replay. In college, and, and I know in some states they do, but the federation is actually, from a rule change, they're, they're getting away from replay. So they, believe it or not, don't want replay in high school football. And like Robert alluded to, we are our own replay. But when we don't have replay, we have to utilize our philosophies. See leather, you see the leather, then it's down. And it could be any official, but you have to be 100% sure. You don't see leather, the ball, you're going to assume the ball is out because how do you know that the ball wasn't out prior to, to the runner being down if you didn't actually see the leather? I'm going to go to Bill on this one. Bill, you know, kind of finish this up on this play. We talk about that a lot, about making sure you see leather and not assuming, not becoming complacent. 
This is a perfect play where, where that could come come into it'd be a factor. Yeah, it'd be one thing if if one of the officials on the field saw control possession knee down, then they make the call. But if nobody has seen that, I don't know how you can come up with the conclusion that the runner was down. Uh, because you go back to the thing of you got to have a runner in possession of a football who's and then he's down. So we get together and nobody knows. The, the reason we've got the, the axiom that says it's a fumble is simply because that all the years we've had plays, more of these are fumbles. The close tight plays, more of them are fumbles than runner down. Um, and I'll go back, even though it's not part of the axiom, I'll go back to what I heard a coach tell a kid one time when it was ruled that it was a fumble and he was getting up protesting, saying I was down, I was down. And he was complaining to his coach and his coach said, spend more time in the weight room instead of chasing the girls and you'll hang on to that football, you know? So, I mean, even the coach knew the general philosophy of, of the thing. You, it's your, if you want to own the football, you hang on to it. It's your responsibility, not mine. So as we move through, I want to remind everybody, we're going to throw up our text number. So we have the chat room available. Uh, so you should be able to chat. And, and Robert Yabara is monitoring the chat. So we'll be able to answer any questions. But we also have a text number that you can text us directly, 844-437-4345. If you've got a question or a comment on anything that we're talking about, please text us. And we'll, we'll try to do our best to get it on. The air so that way we can have the discussions because you're part of this as well this isn't just us you know talking to you we like to hear some of your comments so we can we can get to them as well and everybody we did have some comments on this play just throughout the uh, the month on the youtube channel and as we we move forward so i, I want to go back to the play real quick and go to something that robert pointed out and this is something that it's important that we remember basic mechanics because if you do look we'll go wide on it again if you do look up at the top of the screen uh, you'll see you'll see the the headlines but you also have a you also have a side judge on here and you also have an umpire coming in so the umpire is not going to know line of game per se from his angle but i definitely think that our our headlinesman should know what that line of gain is and we've got one of two things that, that are going to happen here we've got either a first down or we have a first down it's going to be first down this way or first down this way so it's it's understanding the basic mechanics so that way we look crisp and you basically tell everybody that you know what's going on in the game. You're aware of the, you're aware of the line of gain. And now a lot of times we get a lot of things in our head and we forget the basic mechanics. But as Bill can attest to, as I'm sure we'll move through as we talk more plays here, we tend to forget those basic mechanics. So try to remember those basic mechanics, look crisp on plays like this and sell it. Whatever you have, you know, you go with, the, you go with Bill's philosophy, axiom, you don't see leather, you do. You go with Roberts that... This is down. That's fine. Come in and sell this call. If you've got it, you make the call. You know it. You come in and sell it. So we're got a couple. We do have a couple more of these these types of plays to go over because I think they're 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 good because they can always get us talking about you know these are turnovers. These can be big time changes in momentum in the game, and it's important that we try to get these calls right to the maximum extent possible. So we're gonna go to our next play. We'll go wide on we'll go wide on this play, and. As you'll see, you know, it looks like it's going to be an option, but our quarterback comes in and, you know, is he stopped the ball? Does it come out? You're going to see this a couple times a little bit, and you're going to get a slow motion view of it. Now, we got to remember, slow motion's tough because slow motion always looks like he's down because 
you know, it's like, is that ball out? Is that ball out? Maybe it's out now. And here's one more look at it. So on this one, I think the, the key thing on a, on a play like this is forward progress. Forward progress, like we've said this a bunch of times on our videos, that it's an art, not a science. You know, you can't go to the rule book and, and, and find what is the absolute definition of forward progress. It's very, it's very difficult to define. So that's why it's more of an art than, than a science. But I always look at it as that if the defense has control and the offense has lost the ability to gain yards and the defense is in control of that player, then there's a good chance that forward progress has stopped. I'm going to go to, I'm going to, go to Mike on this one. We're going to, and Mike, you saw, you saw this play. You're the ruling official on this, Mike. How are you going to rule? Are you going to allow the, the action to continue with a potential loose ball, or did you have forward progress stopped? I absolutely have forward progress on this one. I'm going to put my hand up and, and come out strongly, indicating that the runner's forward progress was stopped. I do not believe in cheap fumbles or cheap turnovers, and uh, that's the philosophy that we have in our organization as well, and that's what I teach. Um, there's just no reason here to hang this runner out to dry. He's not going anywhere. Well, and I, and I would agree. I personally have forward progress on this one. It looks like the defense is control is in control. Stan, you saw this play. Now, I know normally you're a referee, and a lot of times we don't want referees making calls from behind, especially on forward progress. But if you were a wing on this play, how would you rule? I concur with Mike. Uh, uh, the quarterback did not look like he had control of his legs. He was wrapped up by uh, two or three, four defensive players. I'm coming in. He's down. So, Bill, we've talked about this before. Kind of go into the forward progress philosophy. When you were working and when, when you were working in the Big Ten and you had these type of discussions with your crew as to when forward progress is stopped to kind of avoid plays like this because if we're not killing this, you know everyone's going to be saying, especially the defense, hey, that ball is out, that ball is out if, nobody, if nobody's coming in and killing this, this hard. What was your philosophy on forward progress? Well, we, we would go forward progress on it. We always said you've got an instant to, to run it through your head to make sure that you're saying he's lost lost his legs. Because if you're saying he can break away and gain yardage, then he can lose yardage. You're saying he can go for a touchdown, you're saying he can fumble the football. So the runner can't have the best of both worlds. So you take that instant, you think about it. Now, to me, here's the key thing. This isn't, in some ways, it's not like a runner down situation, but it is. If you're gonna rule forward progress, You've seen him lose control of his legs. He's wrapped up. But you better know that he's got the football. If you don't know if he's got the football or not, you got a problem. It's no different than the fumble down situation. For you to rule forward progress, you have to know his progress has been stopped and he has possession of the football at that point. If not, hey, spend more time in the weight room. More time in the weight room. Robert, you've got a, a comment from, uh, from our, some of our uh, watchers. Yeah, I just I wanted to uh, let everyone know, which is wonderful to hear, that everyone's in agreement. So we have 100% unanimous agreement, which is rare, very rare. So, Tim, you did an excellent job. Thank you for everyone who commented. But no one uh, disputed that the forward progress was, in fact, stopped. Well, and that's good because that means we're all on the same page. One of the things that is great about doing this to the world and to the nation and whatnot is trying to get us all on the same page. 
whether we're officiating in the Chicago area, in Connecticut, in Alabama, on the, on the West Coast, trying to get us all relatively officiating the game the same. So it's great when we, we hear that. In fact, let's throw up the text number one more time. So that way, if you see it, 844-374-3345. Any comments or maybe you, you didn't get a chance to get in and think that the ball should have been out. Well, probably if it was a defense coach, defensive coach, you probably want, want the ball out. So we're going to go to a, another fumble or down situation. We'll go wide on this play again. And uh, we'll, we'll let this one play out. So you see a quarterback tucks and runs. And it's kind of similar. You know, you can ask yourself the question, was, was forward progress stopped? or did the ball come out? And as you can see, the ball is on the ground, but it's when did the ball come out, and when is forward progress stopped? These are all the things that we're ruling on a play like this. So you can see that the offense does retain possession, so in the end, that's a positive that even if, you know, at least they keep the ball, but we want to rule this correctly regardless. So. I'm going to go to Robert. I'll start out with Robert on this play. Robert, you look at the, the play we just talked about. Yeah. Now you look at this play, and it's still kind of a forward progress thing. On this play, how are you going? You know, I've been a wing official in my day, and, and uh, he still has his legs. He's still moving. And I would give him the benefit, and he was advancing forward. So I'm going to give him the unfortunate outcome of him losing possession. He lost possession of the ball. They use, lose yardage out of this strip. And I have a, a fumble and a recovery by the offense, what it appears to me. So you've got the fumble. Go back to Bill on this one. Bill, we look at the, the first play, forward progress. This play, not so much. There's your difference, correct? Yeah, he didn't lose his legs. And, and he still, if he would have broke free from that guy trying to do the strip, we would have let him continue and gain yardage. So if you're going to gain, you're going to lose. If you're going to score, you're going to have a fumble. So in this case, it's a fumble, and they were fortunate they recovered their own fumble. So I want to go back to the play. We'll go wide on it one more time. I want to, I want to look at the – focus in on the headlines at the top of your screen. You'll see that he's on this, and he bags it. So he's right on it. He made the call. He, know the, he knew the call. He made the call. And that's all we asked for. That's a call. Boom, you got the bag. You're telling me exactly what you have. You don't have any doubt in your mind, and that's great officiating. That's what we want to see out of everybody. Make a call. And uh, Robert, I think you've got some comments from, uh, from some of our viewers. Yes, uh, Tim, you're, you're, you're putting on an excellent show because we're unanimous. Everyone who's commented is, has uh, a fumble. Even one even had a nice comment that they need to spend more time in the weight room in order to advance that. So it's on the runner uh, for losing possession of the ball. But I also want to comment and uh, welcome Sam Knox, our executive director from the IHSA. He, he also agreed that it was a fumble. Well, good. Well, there you go. You've got the boss in Illinois says, hey, if you're working in Illinois, this is a fumble. So, so that's kind of our, our like, now we're going to go, you know, that was for progress, not for progress. Our next play, still, once again, we're dealing with that, was the fumble or was the runner down? Was it a fumble? But now we're going to bring in the uh, sideline. And that's where things can get a little bit, a little bit more tricky when we bring in the sideline. So let's go wide on this play. And you're going to see the runner goes to the right, and then the ball comes out. It's pretty clear that the ball is out, and now you've got a mad dash for possession. Here's a replay of this slow motion. Pretty clear that the ball is out. You can see it pop out there, and now it's, it's the, the player wasn't out of bounds with possession, and now it's recovered by the offense. So 
I, I have to do this. I'm going to go back to Robert on this play because Robert has a unique perspective on this play because he had a very similar play in a state championship game just this past season on how to rule on this, on, on when you make that decision and who's looking at what and where you can get help. Robert. Yeah, well, thank you, Tim. Yeah, never, no play is ever the same, but in the pregame, before you even take the field as officials, uh, in Illinois, we have a crew of five, and we communicate before we even take the field with the wing officials and the back judge on responsibility at the sideline. When it comes to catch, no catch, when it comes to possession, lost possession, things of that sort. In this case, where you have a wing official who unfortunately is kind of snookered on the sideline due to players being uh, between him and the, and the runner, the back judge has a, a sight line or needs to get in a sight line to be able to help rule on this play. And how you do that is you get in physical position. So you need to be mobile. You do not want to give your crewmates an excuse that you were screened. So you get in a position where you can help your crew and you have an opportunity to see leather. So the back judge needs to take the responsibility in this particular play to see leather and the wing official needs to take responsibility of seeing feet. Why? Because the ball's in the field of play. That's the play we're talking about. So I'm not gonna talk about the state final play I had earlier this past year, but the play we're talking about here tonight, the back judge has an opportunity to help the crew by seeing leather. The wing official has the opportunity to help in the crew by seeing the feet. So that's my comment. Well, and it's important to note, like I said, this, this game did have the extra official, the, the seventh official to, to come over the top. A lot of times back judges, we don't want back judges ruling on sideline plays. I mean, you're in the middle of the field. But where you can help is in a melee like this, where unfortunately, you know, we'll go wide on it again. You'll see that, like what Robert was saying, our line judge is screened. He may not know where the ball is. He's looking through the back of number four there, and he, doesn't, he might not even know if the ball's out. Now he sees the ball out. Was the player out of bounds with possession? Obviously, if you don't know, you don't make, you don't make that call. You don't rule this player out of bounds going back to what we've talked about earlier, whether it, unless you see that player in possession and out of bounds. So this ball is, is live and, and on the field. So now, whether or not it was possessed, you know, you keep the play running and you see that number, it looks like six comes in, or actually it was number one. Does he possess that ball prior to sliding out? And that's just a judgment call. The back judge could help on that one, Ultimately, if, he's, if it's clear as day, he can come over and give information. But a lot of times, you know, this is going to fall on our wing official. Unless, you know, unless I'm a back judge and I'm 100%, like I know 100% that this, we're, we're going to get this wrong if, if we don't you know, award it to one way or the other based off of people being out of bounds. I probably just want to provide information if I have it. Another thing, and I, I'll get to you in a second, Robert. Another thing that, that's important is that when we provide information, it's what we know, not what we think. And I'm going to go back to Bill on this one because, Bill, this is an important one. We talk about, a lot of times, you talk about chinks in the armor when you're discussing plays as to whether or not, you know, this should be ruled one way or the other. And you've got multiple officials with multiple views who might have differing opinions, you know, based off of what they see. You know, when you were a referee and you talk to somebody on a play like this to try to figure it out. Now, this one was pretty obvious, but if it was closer and somebody's got different information, how did you go about sorting that out well let's clarify something because it's important that we say it right and it's important for us to know it and if we're going to communicate it to coaches the comment was was that we didn't know if this guy was out of bounds and control of a football the control factor is not important 
if he was out of bounds touching a football is the key thing. So I, I know what you meant by the statement, but even if that ball was loose and he was out of bounds and he was touching it, that ball's out of bounds. So we need that clarification. Second thing, when we when we talked about uh, how we handled situations, the chink in the armor. Again, I want people to tell me if you got a chink in your armor, and I'm asking you a question about the play, put the chink in the armor on the table. Don't try and don't try to make it something it isn't. And if somebody now can take and come in with firm information, then take his help. He's willing to take responsibility for the call. So put it on the table. And then hopefully somebody can come in and, and uh, give appropriate information and we get the call right. Well, and I think it goes back to the, like you said, putting it on the table, but I don't necessarily want an I think if I'm not, if this isn't my primary. I hear but if you're the guy who made the call and I hear you say, I think, I thought, maybe, that's the chink in the armor. So now this stands telling me he knows. He's not thinking. He knows I'm going to tell you, you need to pay attention to Stan here and take his help. He's taking ownership and responsibility for the call. So uh, if an official makes a call and he's telling me, I think I thought, then that, then he's put the chink on the table, and that's what I want. I don't want him to tell me he knows if he didn't know. No, that's an important distinction. Robert, we got some comments? Yes, I have a question and I do have a couple comments and they're kind of related. The first question is, if both the line judge and back judge are screened, uh, what do you do as a crew? That's the question. Now, I have had many comments wanting to get the umpire involved in the discussion. Yes, we can use a crewmate, but let's, let's talk about the possible use of the umpire. Okay, so I'm gonna go to Mike. Mike, you are on the crew and you had both, everybody, you had the line judge, and the back judge, or even the side judge in this case, are all screened. How do, how do you work this out? How do you handle that as a crew? Um, well, I guess we, we have to go with uh, when in doubt principles in those situations. It's the toughest thing with a five-man crew when you, uh, when you get those players in between you and the ball. And, um, you know, I mean, if, if we don't have all the information about the play, then we're going to have to stick with whatever we ruled on the field. And that's what comes from actually having a signal at the end of a play. So if the ruling official, which is the line judge in this case, just needs to make a signal, kill the clock, and and we just got to come up with something and, and sell it. And I think in this case, the when in doubt is that this was a fumble inbounds and it was recovered inbounds by the offense, and we're, we're just going to go with that call. Um, I've been in that position before where we don't have the information, and, and in pregame we should probably decide, you know, when in doubt, you know, this, this he has the first down, he doesn't have the first down. Um, when in doubt, it's a fumble. If the, guy, if the runner is going to the ground and the ball comes out, you know, we're going to go with fumble if we're not completely clear on whether or not the ball was out before his knee touched or not. Um, you know, but I'm not going to go to an umpire or somebody across the field and ask ask for his assistance. No, I'm not going to bring in somebody like that. They're not going to be able to help us. Well, I mean, the, the question was, can the umpire help? And I maybe they can. Maybe they, if they're if they're looking it inside out, they might be able to see the ball yeah. loose. You don't believe that? I I just don't think at the sideline, especially downfield. I I don't believe that the umpire's opinion is going to carry that much confidence i you know i mean 
if he's really staring down the sideline at the runner there, then he's really not looking where he should be looking. Um, this is not a case of a catch, no catch. This is a runner who ran out, who ran wide. So, I mean, why isn't he looking at the blocks to the inside of that runner? So I, I'm not going to trust that he had the full picture of that play. Um, I, I just, you know, especially in this with players laying all over the ground. I'm, I don't know. You may feel differently than I do, but I'm not sure I'd want the umpire in that conversation at all. Well, where I do agree with you is that I don't want anybody in that conversation that doesn't have pertinent information, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and if an umpire had a, you know, a glancing view, we don't need it cluttering up the muck. You know, we, we, we already got enough muck. And I do agree with that. If the umpire happened to have a view and it opened up and he's got, you know, concrete stuff that can help us and that can save us potentially as a crew, I don't mind the discussion. But you better have, it better not be going back to what we were talking about with Bill. It better not be this, well, I thought I saw or it was possible. You know, you, you're going to save the crew because you know, not because you think. Robert, we got some more uh, comments out there. Yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of comments on this. And uh, I'm going to just try to summarize it. Uh, the, sum is, the summary is this. It's going to be a tough sell to a coach if you have an umpire come in and get involved and make a decision. But we should never get to that. What coaches will receive is if they see a crew communicating on a play, it's a bang-bang play. But if they see a crew communicating, they see the crew coming out with a crew decision. That's what the coach will receive. Not that an official came in and interject and overruled the crewmate. That, that won't fly. But as a crew decision, that's how we have to portray how we came to the, the final decision. So two more points on this play, and we'll move on. I want to go to Stan real quick. Stan, in Alabama, they've used, they use replay, and I think they even use DV Sports. On a play like this, would replay get involved in uh, Alabama? Potentially, but, you know, it seemed like it was really, really clear that, that the, the, the uh, fumble was recovered and the opposing coach, or in this case, I guess the defensive coach, would have to uh, challenge um, whatever the call was on the field. I, I probably uh, I would find it suspect that a coach would make a challenge on that particular call. But, I mean, obviously, like I said, this play was a little clear, but if, we, if it wasn't as clear whether that possession, you know, was close to the sideline, whether the possession actually took place prior or, like Bill said before, to point out if there's somebody touching it and they're out of bounds, that type of stuff. Would replay in Alabama, the rules that you guys were using, would they have been able to look at that? Yes, and, and re- yes, because we, we do look at, uh, I mean, obviously fumble, uh, no fumble is, is a big time, one of the reasons for the replay. One key element that we have in Alabama in our mechanic protocols for replay is it's either the play stands or it's an 100% overturn. We do not have the confirmed uh, call. So uh, it depends on what the initial call was. Then, it, then if it was challenged, we go to replay. Uh, we have two minutes to determine that, and it's either we go with the call as on as it stands, or we saw something in the replay to completely overturn it. It'll be interesting to see how Alabama moves forward now that the federation has kind of taken the uh, replay off the off the table in regards to that being a rule. 
So we'll, we'll, it'll, I know you guys have got invested in some equipment down there, but we'll, we'll talk about that at, at another, another point. I want to go back to the play one last time before we move on, because I like to also talk about mechanics. We talked about mechanics earlier. We'll go wide on this play. Here's the thing. As officials, I think sometimes we get lackadaisical or maybe complacent of knowing where our line of gain is. The, the, the line of scrimmage is around the 20-yard line. The line of gain is a 15. It's a big line. It's a white line all the way across the field. So if we let the play run out, we'll go wide, you'll see that, as we've all discussed, this one's pretty clear that it's a fumble and it's recovered. But as we come in, no one's killing the clock. Our line, our, our line judge isn't killing the clock. We don't see anybody else in the frame killing the clock. And I think that's important. You know, we need to remind ourselves those pre-snap checklists that we go through that, hey, where's the line of gain? Where's the line of gain? And we can sometimes... I don't want to say fall asleep because we got other stuff going on. We're actually engaged in the play. We forget the basics. And it makes you, it, it takes you from that good level to that great level. When somebody can watch a game as an official and go, man, they, that guy was on it. He killed the clock right away. Boom. He knows what the, what the call is and he made the call. So don't forget those, don't forget those basic mechanics. And then you'll look crisp out there because that's what we're looking for. So now we're going to go to our uh, next play. And this is a, an, el an eligible downfield call. So with run pass option, you know, we, we've talked about ineligibles downfield a lot, about how we get those calls wrong just as much as we get them right. We're like 50-50 on them. But this was a play where I think the crew handled it well. But I also want to walk through the mechanics and why, how we even got to having a flag in the first place. So let's go wide on this one. And you're, you're going to see this is a, you know, you've got, you got trips to the left and then a motion. So if you're working a five, you've got a five-person game here. You got you're on this side of the ball. You're at the bottom of the screen. You got a lot of stuff coming at you, and it's just we have to pick our keys and priorities. We see no one's you know, no one's. There's no competitive matchup at the snap, so we're going to go to zone pretty quickly. You can see that the offensive line does. They do go to a passing technique, and then it ends up being a screen or, or you know behind the line of scrimmage, and now. Our umpire, I don't know if you saw at the top of the screen, throws a flag for ineligibles downfield. Hmm. You'll see this again on the replay. Umpire throws the flag. Now the nice thing is, is that this one, this flag was picked up. This was not, ended up not being called. But I want to, I'm just curious, and, and umpires in the room, if you're out there, this is one of those plays where you might, we used to put this on the umpire. An eligible downfield used to always, hey, that's the umpire's call. They're moving to the line of scrimmage. But sometimes the umpires get on this late. And remember, the ineligible downfield uh, starts when the ball is released. So if right when the quarterback releases the ball, that's when you have to get a snapshot of where the linemen are. And they get that expanded neutral zone up to two yards. So you've got you've to see where that, where that is. And that, sometimes we get on it late. And that's what, where, we get into, where we get into trouble is because now we're looking for ineligibles and by the time we find them, yeah, they're downfield, but they weren't downfield at the release of the ball. So, you know, you go, you go back to the play, the thing that's a little disturbing, and we'll go wide, is that if you look at the release right now, it doesn't appear that even at it being a screen that anybody is downfield. 76 is getting a little close over here, but we got a big line, so 76 is close, but it, it, I mean, he looks to be right at the two, right at that expanded neutral zone, and it doesn't matter because the ball's behind the line of scrimmage. But even if the ball was over the line of scrimmage on this play, 
those linemen would be legal. This would not be an eligible downfield called by the umpire. So umpires, you need to be careful when you make this call. You want to be 100% sure because we've had games where we've had umpires call an eligible downfield and you see the clip and it's a clip like this. And that's a touchdown that could have won the game. Now you're bringing that one back. You know, they're, they're, people aren't going to be happy about this. I'm going to go to Bill. Bill, you and I have talked about this the last couple of years. We've, we've mentioned it in our, in our video as well as how on the ineligibles, sometimes we're not real good at calling at making this call. Well, the good thing on this one, the wing official knew the pass never crossed the line of scrimmage. So I don't care if the guy was 20 yards downfield, we're picking it up. Uh, so it was called, but it was picked uh, The flag was picked up. Um, what you have to do sometimes is recognize, particularly where you can get help, the off-wing official from behind the play. And we're assuming the pass crossed the line of scrimmage. That he might be the one who gets to look at the ineligible lineman that are to the backside of the formation that the umpire can't see cleanly. Um, but again, on this one here, I would have liked to seen a uh, an umpire have that awareness since he was looking across that um, he saw where the where the ineligible was, and then he sees where the pass is. Or if he gives himself that second instead of knee-jerk reacting, um, he doesn't have a flag in the first place. Well, and that's, that's important, the knee-jerk reaction. And you're right about the backside wing. A lot of times, and that's what we have to kind of retrain ourselves, where we're not used to as wings in a five-person or in a seven-person, we're not used to watching the ineligibles downfield because we haven't for years. But this is, should be a kind of an adjustment we make because when you're the backside official, you get, it opens up to you. You can see that, just like you mentioned, Bill. You can see that, and this is where that help comes in. Or you can actually get this call. In fact, we got a great play on, on, on this year's video, Bill Monty's Best Practices, which shows a backside official getting a call like this and saving the crew. So I, you know, I challenge all the backside officials to take your game to the next level and start, you know, observing that. And also, you know, it also helps you with that off-ball coverage and seeing anything that might be happening that shouldn't be happening. Robert, we got a, we got a comment. Yes, this is a very valuable discussion. You know, we're experienced officials and we keep saying backside official, but let's, let's take a step back to those that are newer to officiating. I suggest that we bring up the video and we explain what a backside official is in this play uh, and, and then walk them through, through the video on what we're talking about. And Mike Billica also had a comment, uh, you know, if you want to go to him Mike, later to comment. Mike, on this. You, you have a comment on this? Yeah, this is something I talk about in pregame um, with, uh, with my umpire when I'm a line judge. I just let him know that whenever the uh the screen is the read on the play as a wing official i'm going to take responsibility for the line of scrimmage so i don't want the umpire trying to make his way through the offensive line as they're coming at him in any case he's probably going to read run so it is very unusual it's very surprising he'd throw a flag for an eligible downfield at all um, because if it was my crew, he wouldn't even be thinking about watching the line of scrimmage in that play. He should he should leave it to the wings. The wings need to hesitate at the line on every snap anyway, and there's just no reason in high school football to release down the field. So I think the old days of the umpire running up and grab, grabbing the line on every single pass play are over. No, that's a good, good point. I mean, we're, we've tried to 
institute a new philosophy, a pause, read, and react philosophy. Not saying that wing officials shouldn't move. In a, in a five-person game, you have to move, but it's just moving at a different time. You know, we were, we were trained 20 years ago, you read pass, you're gone. Well, now if you read pass and you're gone on a play like this, we're going to go back to the play because I want to talk about the backside, as Robert said. But if you go, we'll go wide on this. If you read pass on this play and you're the, 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 the line judge and you start taking off, you're going to be putting yourself, you're going, to have, you're going to be down in this area and you're going to have your knees in jeopardy because this is the type of passes that they're running nowadays. And you want to stay behind this, so you maintain an angle. Now, going back to the play, you go to the top of the screen, and that's our backside official. And we've, we've talked about this philosophy before, about officiating air. Our backside official, who's at the top of the screen, doesn't have any action. There is a receiver up here on the right. So if you've got, if this is a five-person game, you want to be peeking at that only for the crazy stuff. That's not going to be an impact on the actual point of attack on what's going on with the play. You just want to make sure there's no unsportsmanlike stuff or, or, or whatnot. That's continuing to be an active official backside. But when you have a pass like this and linemen going down, your initial pr priority is to make sure that the pass and, the, and the, everybody is legal. And the pass is behind the line in this case, and it is, and it was a great pickup. So that's what we're talking about, the backside. Looking at it from that angle, not officiating air, staying active, staying involved. I'm going to go back to Bill real quick before we go to our next play. Bill, what was the average time like that I know they've gone through and they've studied it, like the average amount of time that we have to focus in a game on a play like this, even like we can't really ever take a play off. Well, they basically say that you need to, you need to concentrate for five to seven seconds during the play and then give yourself a good three to four seconds of dead ball officiating time. But, you know, seven seconds. And, and to simplify the backside, if it's coming to the line judge, it's the headlinesman that's backside. If it's going towards the headlinesman, it's the line judge that's backside. So, pretty simple. Don't officiate air. You're going to hear that a lot as, as we talk, as we move through our meetings. You'll hear that on different with different topics. You know, staying engaged, staying involved. So we're going to go to our next play, and this play is. It's a, a, a swinging gate, you know, and that's a, a formation that everybody likes to run. It seems like more on extra points. And it puts us, in, especially in a crew of five, it puts us in a unique position to officiate this play. So let's go wide on this. And you're going to see on this play, you've got an interesting formation. You've got a quarterback uh, who's behind the center. You've got a bunch of linemen to the left. If you look to the top of the screen, you don't have an official there. You've got two officials underneath the goalpost, and obviously we're going to have a fit, an official on the, on, the, on the near side as well. This is a crew of five. Now, we put, in, in some states, especially in Illinois, we're going to put that fifth, uh, that fifth official when we have it. We're, they're going to be underneath. That wing official is going to be underneath for the field goal or try attempt. But I have talked about this before. This is where this football IQ comes into play. And... I'm going to run around the panel real quick because I want everybody's take on this real quick. I'm going to start with Stan. Stan, you see a formation like this, okay? Are, are you expecting a field goal as a referee? Uh, no. We, uh, we want, I want my linesman or line judge. Line judge is who we send under the goalpost. I want my line judge staying at, at his normal position until we know we see a kicker uh, coming out uh, with a T, and uh, we don't see that, he's staying right where he is. If we do see it, 
uh, evolve, then he's got to bust it to get under that goalpost. I think a lot of times, you know, we'll talk about, we want to see that T on the field. Now they don't need a T. It's not required. In this case, we didn't have, but we've got a, we've got a quarterback or a kicker or whatever. He's, I mean, is he going to drop kick it? That's really the only thing, only thing he can do. Mike, you see a formation like this. Are, I mean, we're talking about how we want to put ourselves in the best position to officiate. And a lot of times these are going to be field goals, but we want to see a holder there before we send our guy underneath. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the things that we usually know ahead of time before the game begins, whether they've got a swinging gate, extra point. It's one of those questions you ask during the coaches meeting um, so that you can mechanically prepare. And if you're in a state that does not allow the umpire to go under the uprights with the back judge on a try, then what you do is you keep the wing home on the side where the bunch is, um, regardless of line judge or head linesman. So that's at least that's what we do if we don't have the option to put the umpire under. But in See? no case are we going to leave that line uncovered where all those players are because we've got a pylon there and uh, we have to cover that goal line. I don't disagree with that, but if I've got a holder here, especially in Illinois and other states, if I've got a holder here, then yeah, that sideline is going to be uncovered because we're at least we're going to have to put two people underneath. And I understand why yeah. it does put us in a, in a vicarious position. And that's where our umpire is going to have to step up. But ultimately if there's a holder there, we're going to need two people under because trust me, I've been in this situation underneath the goalpost where there isn't somebody there because they've seen a swinging gate. In fact, we showed this play a couple years ago here where now I'm guessing and we don't, we never want that. And uh, did you have one other point on this, Mike? Yeah, I was saying we still do send a wing under. We just send the backside wing under. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You switch it around. That makes sense. That, that does make sense. Robert, you got something on this? There's a lot of chatter on this uh, play. As a, you know, some different states do different things, but we, you brought up a great point. There's no holder here. The referee, you are, the, you know, the master on the field orchestrating your crew to be in position to officiate the play. You don't see a holder. You see your crew unfavorably out of position. You have an opportunity to get your crewmates in position. Would you agree with me on that, Tim? Right. You do, especially with radios or something like that. We can, we can adjust. And huh, a lot of times, where if you're not in position to officiate a play like this and it's a try where you do have a little bit of time, you're not having a clock situation or anything like that. I might, if I am the referee and I see we're not in position to, for a play like this, there's no way, there's very unlikely there's going to be a kick. I might see a coyote run on the field or I might see somewhere I have to kill it or the ball, the ball moved and I have to have my umpire go and check the ball. As I go and check the ball, I'm going to put my person in the proper position because that is the most important thing. And in a situation like that, we can do it. Now, I'm not ever saying to do that if this is the last second kick and, and everybody's running out on the field. Now we're going to give a, a team an opportunity. You have to know your game situation. In this, in this play, this is a try. Nothing's going on. We want to be in the best position to officiate because I'm going to let the play run. Because you're going to see what happens. And I want to talk about this too because this is one of those, I call it the backyard football play. So we're going to go wide on it again, and you're going to see what happens here. You're going to see the center. Now focus in on the center. The center does the old flip and now we've got nobody on that side. And if we would have put something, you know, we've got our, our headlines been trying to run to get there and ends up being short, but that's where unfortunately our umpire is going to have to step up and help on this. So I'm going to go to Bill. Bill, you know, we talk about that snap, you know, that, that snap that we do where the, 
It's kind of not in between the legs. It's, all, it's, it's kind of a flip. I've been asked about this snap many, many times. I think it, it, it's borderline illegal based off of the def definition of a snap, you know, continuous movement without the ball stop. I mean, I, I, it's real hard to say that, that, that these types of places, you also have to keep your shoulder pads parallel. I mean, he might do it. This might be one of the times where they get it right. But what is your feeling on a, on a trick snap like that? If he takes it, it, it's smoothly done. And I know what people say, well, you got to lift the ball up and then you got to flip it back. Uh, that's not one continuous movement. If it looks smooth, start to finish, I'm leaving it alone. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, reinvent the game. People have let that go for years and until they crack down on it from the top, if it looks smooth, leave it alone. Well, and I agree that if it's done properly, it's, it's legal, but it's very difficult to actually to do correctly. This guy does look like this center actually looks like he, he does it well because he keeps his shoulder pads uh, parallel to the line of scrimmage and he, and it's all a continuous motion. And, but it takes a lot of skill to do that. And I agree if it's, there's any sort of, you know, stop or anything like that, then, then we're gonna have to go with with an illegal snap. I think Robert has got something on this. So we'll go to Robert. I, this someone, and then this, I'm so glad this person who chimed in because th we're here to learn. Someone wants you to explain the signal for infractions and if there's, when there's yardage mark, to execute that, that aspect of the game. Would you mind doing that, Tim? For this play? Yeah. yeah. Let's say you had a snap infraction. Well, I mean, if we had a, if we had a snap infraction, then the we're gonna, mechanic. We're gonna have, it's, it's this, you know, this. And here's, I'm gonna, for the newer officials out there and the veterans will appreciate this. Five, 10, 15. If you ever have a question on whether, what the signal is, because you, you just, you might, you know, might have not brushed up on them. You're pretty safe if you do this for a five, you do this for a 10, you do this for a 15. You're pretty safe if you do that most <laughs> of the time. And most of the people, time, they're not going to know anyways. So right. if you do this, you know, but this is... Do if, a dead ball. If you, do have, if you do have, as this is a snap infraction, Robert's point out, this is a dead ball. So you want to get that dead ball hand in the air, uh, snap infraction. If you have a microphone, that's a great thing. You know, a lot of times, a lot of stadiums are having, it, having the microphones now. You want to click the microphone on, you have dead ball, snap infraction, number, whoever the quarterback or the center is, in this case, would be the snap infraction number. And then you move on. Five-yard penalty from the, it's, it's, they say the previous spot, but really you didn't have a play. This is a dead ball foul. You don't want this play to go. You're going to redo the try after, after you enforce the five-yard penalty. The defense does have the option to decline this. I don't know why they would. So just, just know that it, it's an option maybe might happen in, you know, in, I don't know, in, in Alaska somewhere. But most of the time, it's probably not going to be declined. You're going to walk the five yards and go with it. So just to finish up on this play, it is, you want that snap to be perfect. If they're going to run a trick play, trick plays have to be run perfect. But make sure we're in the best position to officiate this. And if you have the opportunity to stop it, to get, us, get you in that position, do it. I hope, go back to my first point, don't stop a game at the end just to, to put yourself in the right position. You want a situation that allows it. This situation would allow it. So we're going to finish things up. Uh, so, uh, you know, we've had a great meeting so far. Let me get out of this. And we'll go to our next, our final play. So now it's time for our MIBT Online Play of the Week, or Play of the Month in this case. And this is, this is a good one. So remember, this one's going to be on uh, Twitter. 
So you want to go to the Twitter to take the poll. You can also text. So we'll put the text number up here before we show the play so, so we have it ready to go. If you can't get the Twitter, you don't want to do it, you can, you can uh, text us your answer for next month, April 15th, when we will get, share the results of this play. So let's, let's go wide on this play, and we're, we're going to see what we have here. So it looks like a pretty simple, pretty simple punt, right? A punt formation, scrimmage kick formation. A little high snap, but that's not a big deal. All right, shorter kick. We've got a fair catch signal, and then we have a, a running play here. And it stopped. The officials stop it. So here you go again. You'll, you'll see it again, just so you, you, you kind of get all the, all the pieces of, of what we got going on here. Scrimmage kick, mm -hmm. short scrimmage kick. Now we have a fair catch, and now we have a player who's running. So yeah. here, are, here are your choices for this week for the poll. So first choice. So is this one, a delay of game penalty? Do you, should you have a flag for delay of game? That's choice one. Choice two, is this an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty? Should you have a, a dead ball unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for this player? Or choice three, this is simply a dead ball. We're going to kill it. We're going to put the ball down first and 10. Those are your three choices. It will be on Twitter. We'll throw the text number up one more time. You can text us if you don't have Twitter, and we'll compile all the answers, and we'll talk about it on April 15th when we reconvene. And maybe everybody will be still stuck in their house. Who knows? So they can, they can watch this, and, and, you, and maybe they'll see it on the replay as well. So that's how you can do it, and I look forward to your answers. I want to thank everybody who watched. We had a record number of people watching tonight, so I appreciate that very much. I'm going to go around and thank the panel real quick. We're going to go to Stan first in Alabama. Stan, I appreciate you being here, taking some time out and uh, sharing some of your knowledge. It was great seeing y'all and, and I hope uh, everybody stays safe and, and we can fight this thing and get back together. Thank you. I'm going to switch it over to Mike now. Mike, Mike Billica from Connecticut. Mike taking some time out of his, for his night to be here. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Oh, it's really great to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me again. And uh, I look forward to what, about three weeks from now, we'll be back together again. Yep. A little short break. Uh, Bill Lamagne from his home in Tinley Park, Illinois. Bill, thank you for, uh, for being here with us. No problem. It's, you know, the real, I hate to spoil it for everybody, but that guy was just keeping social distance. Social he, distancing. That's what he was doing. He was, he was, he was already was, doing it before he even knew what that phrase meant. He was way ahead of the curve. This thing's off with Robert Yabar. Robert, before we say goodbye to you, is there anything that you saw out there, questions that we can answer from the meeting that maybe we missed or anything like that? I think we touched it beautifully, but what I was most impressed with was the engagement, the participation. You know, even though we're not in the same room, we all learned football tonight, guys. And thank you so much for your questions, your comments, your participation, your engagement. You're making us a lot better. So I hope to see you again next month. Great way to get to learn football, and I, I'm glad that everybody had a chance to watch us. We'll be, we're free again next month, so uh, please pass this on to your crew. Pass this on to your state associations. This is a great way to do this from the comfort of your own home. It just happens to be timely based on what's going on, but even as we move forward on demand, I call this Netflix for football officiating. So I appreciate everybody who joined. Remember, you can go to the site and join. 
for us, $39 is the, the basic membership you want. The insurance is $59 a year. And it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a yearly subscription. You can sign up today. It's good for a whole year. It's not a season thing. So please, uh, if you have a chance, do that. We've got lots of meetings ahead. We got a clinic coming up on August 3rd. And I want to thank Alex over there, who's also keeping us distance. He's six, more than six feet away in the control room. And uh, after a rough start, Alex got things all under control. So thank you, Robert, or thank you, uh, Alex, for everything that you do. We really appreciate it. I'm Tim Kiefer for MIBTonline.com. You can always get a hold of me either through the text or you can email me, Tim, at MIBTmedia.com if you ever have any questions. So I want to thank everybody for watching. Have a great night. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you on April uh, 15th. Thanks for listening to the MIBTonline.com podcast. Join today at MIBTonline.com. We'll catch you next time.